welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, today we get to conclude our sermon series called Push. I hope over the last few weeks you've enjoyed this series as we've considered how God is inviting us on this journey of faith that requires a response from each of us. And if you think back a few weeks ago, if you've been on the journey, I encourage us to push just a little bit more. Pastor Neil, he encouraged us to make sure that we are ready to go out into the deep. We talked about how there will always be pushback when we want to push in to all that God has for us. My prayer over these past few weeks for you is that you've not only got closer to Jesus, but you are being changed by Jesus as you've got closer to him. Well, I want to bring this series to a conclusion today. And as we come to another part of Luke chapter 5, I want to ask you some questions today. First of all, I want to ask you, are you able, or are you ready, just for one final push? Maybe as you hear these words today, there's enough faith in you today that you are going to rise up and push in to what God has in store for you today. Have you ever been to a concert or maybe you've been to an event that you've been looking forward to? You've bought your ticket, you've got your seat, you can't wait for it to come round and it comes to that night where you're sat in your seat listening to a favourite artist or band or maybe a play or a performance and you are having the time of your life. You have got a great seat, a brilliant view, you are soaking it up. Well, earlier this year, Beyonce went on a huge global tour and the prices for her tickets were through the roof. Even came to a point where they'd sold out all their shows that she started to sell non-view, listening-only tickets. People were paying up to almost $200 to go to the concert, but not to see Beyonce, only to listen to Beyonce singing. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I'd rather sat in the comfort of my home and listen to a live album rather than the hassle of going to a concert not to even see the person that you've paid to go see. Well, this guy called Ryan in the States, he, he, he chanced his luck. He bought one of those tickets and thought, well, I'm a big fan. I'd love to just be in the same place as Beyonce. Well, this guy paid a lot less than a lot of other people for his ticket. And would you believe it, he ended up with a seat right on the side of the stage. A clear view of the performance, the whole show. Better view even than those that had paid an absolute fortune to be right at the front of the stage. Can I ask you today, have you ever been in a moment... Or have you ever had this experience when you've had the best seat in the house? Maybe you've been at a restaurant and you've had the best table. Maybe you've been to one of those gigs and you feel like you're front and centre. You've got the best seat 
in the house. Well, today I believe that God has the best seat in the house for you. That you can be right in front of Jesus. And we see in the Bible about someone who seemed like they had no hope, but ended up their lives completely transformed when they got right in front of Jesus. We read about it in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus once again is surrounded by religious leaders. Pharisees, teachers of the law, are surrounding Jesus. It's so busy in this place that it's not standing room only, it's sitting room only. Everyone is sat around Jesus and there's no space for anyone to get in. A group of people that were quite suspicious were a bit doubtful of who Jesus was. In the midst of this crowd, an amazing miracle happens, a physical healing, but even more significant, Jesus says something that was scandalous to his listeners at this time. We pick up the story in verse 17 of chapter 5. One day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with, was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could, find, could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, We have seen remarkable things today. Right in front of Jesus. This man who was paralyzed ended up in the best seat in the house, front and center before Jesus because of the effort of his friends. Like it or not, for better or for worse, our faith impacts people around us, whether that's good or bad. We, now, we can't get anyone saved. We can't make anyone saved. We can't make anyone better, but we can have an influence on people around us for better or for worse as a result of our actions and our words. And his friends on this day had a positive influence. They got him right in front of Jesus. Can I ask you today, are you living your life right in front of Jesus. How can you get right in front of Jesus? Well, we read in the book of Hebrews that we can approach God with confidence 
In the book of Hebrews, we read in chapter 4 these amazing words where the writer is explaining what Jesus has already done for us. It says this, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we possess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our, with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Friend, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence today. I want you to picture this house that Jesus is teaching in. It is a, a busy house. Maybe you've been to a house party, you've been in a gathering where the home is so filled, people are sitting on the stairs, they're standing in the kitchen, there's just about enough room for you to get in and you have to brush past people to get to the table or maybe there's some food, there's not even a seat, you just got to stand. It is absolutely hoaching, if we were to use a Scottish word. It's a busy house. And, and can I explain to you today that as we approach God, we have the great privilege that we can just approach Him with confidence, as Hebrew tells us. But previously, there was a whole system of religious practice, of laws, of rituals, of special days, special festivals, when we had to go through all this procedure to be able to approach God, to be acceptable to Him. If I could put it this way, it was a busy house. We know this as the old covenant. God has always had covenants, agreements between man and himself of how we can interact with Him. The old covenant is what we see here in Luke chapter 5. Jesus, God, is surrounded by all these religious leaders and it's so busy that someone who needs help can't even get to God. There's this barriers put in place. There's these religious people who represent the law, the Pharisees who make sure everybody is adhering to the law, keeping this man who needs a miracle, who needs his sins forgiven from getting to God. The Bible tells us that once a year, on the day called Yom Kippur, we actually celebrated in the Jewish calendar this week, when the high priest would enter into the most sacred and holy part of the temple and would make an offering, a sacrifice, by the shedded blood of an animal to substitute, take the place of me and you so that our sins could be forgiven. The whole nation's sins would be appeased on that day, Yom Kippur. That just happened this week in Jerusalem. But today, friend, we don't come to a busy house. We come to an open house. You see, Jesus, when he went to the cross, he took the sin of the whole world, shed his blood to be the sacrifice for our sins, so that now no longer we need to be separated from our Father in heaven, but now we have immediate access into the presence of God through the blood of Jesus. Our relationship with God is like a father and a child 
you've got open access. You can come at any moment and you can talk to your Father in heaven. That's what we know as the new covenant, which Jesus established through his blood, that now, not just those who are part of the Jewish nation, now everyone in this world is able to come into relationship with our Father in heaven, and you can be right in front of Jesus, because it's not a busy house anymore, it's an open house that you can come to him and you can find exactly what you need. Whether that's mercy for what's happened or grace for today and the future, help for today, you can find it. Friend, I want to encourage you to push past maybe your preconceived ideas of what Christianity is or religion or tradition and you can come right to Jesus today and you can ask him to forgive you of your sins. And he will not only give you mercy, he'll give you grace for what you need today and how to live after him forevermore. Don't get stuck up in a crowd by trying to work it all out and earn your way to God. You can come freely because of what Jesus has done. It's an open house. Maybe you've been at one of those events where someone's saying, look, just come whenever you like. It's an open house. We're going to be here all day. Just come, enjoy yourself, bring something if you like, come and just have fun. An open invitation. And you know, friend, for the believer today, we've got an open house with God that we can come to him just as we are and we can enter into his presence by just calling on his name. In Hebrews 4, we, we read how Jesus has created this open door that we can go into God's presence at any point. And here the, the writer in Hebrews uses this picture of the earthly temple to explain what Jesus has done. He's went through all the other parts into that most holy place behind the curtain. That curtain that separated the most holy place from everything else. That when Jesus died upon the cross, Luke tells us that that curtain was torn in two so that we're no longer separated anymore. He is the offering for our sin. His blood for our sins. He gave himself as a living sacrifice so that we can draw near to him. And after his resurrection, he appeared to his disciples, but then the Bible tells us in the book of Acts that he ascended up into heaven. And now Hebrews informs us that he is interceding for us. He is praying for you today. He is in heaven our great high priest, greater than any priest that came before him, greater than Aaron, greater than the high priest at his time whilst he was here on earth. He is greater, not just in character, but also in his work, what he has accomplished. He has pardoned the sin of the whole world through his sacrifice. He's our great high priest in heaven. He's eternal, eternal. There's no beginning, there's no end. There's no limit to his grace. There's no limit to his mercy. His blood speaks a better word than any sacrifice that came before him. Jesus is our great high priest, greater than any before him in heaven, and he is the Son of God. There is no one like Jesus. And he there is interceding for us today. But not only does he intercede, he understands your weaknesses. See, we read here that Jesus was tempted 
just as we are, yet he did not sin. He knows the strain and the pressures of life. He knows how difficult that he is, that it is to live. But can friend, can I ask you today, when you come to Jesus, don't focus on your weaknesses or your unworthiness. You need to focus on what he has done. Look to Jesus who understands and has the power and the authority to give you what you need. See, our Father in heaven looks to Jesus, sees his blood shed, sees his sacrifice, and sees that our sins have been forgiven because by faith we have received that forgiveness that God has for us. And we come to this place called the throne of grace. What is the throne of grace? It's the place, it's the prayer place. It's the place of prayer. That when we come to our Father in heaven, that in that place, at any time, at any moment, whatever you're going through, you will find what you need. You will receive His grace. You'll find mercy and help for whatever you're going through today. And in that place, there is sympathy for your needs. See, it's in that place that we realize that we are not self-sufficient, that we cannot do this life by ourselves. We're weak, we're needy. We need His mercy. We need His grace. We need His help. And the good news, friend, is that God has that for us in abundance today. But don't spend your life running around, trying to do everything by yourself, trying to make it all right, working, 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 when God has a throne of grace that you can come to and He wants to give you mercy. He wants to give you grace. He wants to give you help in your time of need. It's a throne of grace that you can hold on to your faith, that you can receive mercy, find grace and help. And the writer tells us that we can approach with confidence. Not confidence built on our efforts, but on what Jesus has done. The New King's James Version, that translation says to come boldly. It means without reservation, with frankness, full and open speech. It's an open house. You can come and you can bring your requests. You can present your needs. And in that place, God gives you grace. He gives you mercy. He gives you what you need. Friend, there is nothing in your way to Jesus today other than what you put there. See, maybe today you've been trying to figure it out yourself. You've been trying to push past the crowd, trying to get in there, trying to go through religion, trying to go through self-help, trying to go through when you're carrying unforgiveness or resentment, trying when you're living a lifestyle that you know is unpleasing to God. You're trying to do it your way when God says, just come as you are and I will give you what you need. And this man that was taken by friends, not in through the front door, but had to go a different way, had to go up on the roof and go right through that roof, lowered in front of Jesus. So it's so significant that this man didn't come in through that door past the people of religion, that he went up 
and he came another way, a better way. And he had direct, immediate access to Jesus. Friends, that's exactly what Jesus did on the cross. He created a better way so that we did not have to go through religious rite, religious passage. We could come to him in any moment, just like that man. When Jesus spoke to him, forgave his sins, and then commanded him to get up and walk, the Bible says that immediately he stood up in front of them, in front of those who would not let him in, in front of those who was unworthy to be near Jesus, in front of them that were keeping him from getting to Jesus, he stood up in front of them, took what he'd been lying on, that mat that symbolized his illness, his sickness, his weakness, he picked that up and he walked out the front door past all those people, praising God for the miracle that he just received, the forgiveness of his sins and his physical healing. Because friends, the greatest miracle that happened here is that he came in a sinner and left a saint. He came in dead in his trespasses, but left alive in Christ. And you may be listening to me today, and the greatest miracle that you will ever receive is that when you receive Jesus, you receive the forgiveness of God, you are made into a new person, your life will be completely transformed. And I wonder today as you're listening to me, you can't look to a moment, you've never had an experience like this, when Jesus has come into your heart and made you a new person. Friend, you don't need to go around religion. You can come to Jesus right now. The way is open. And maybe you're listening right now and you say, Daniel, I want to know Jesus in this way. I want to know my sins are forgiven. I want to know that I'm going to be in heaven forevermore. Can you just pray this prayer from your heart? Say these words, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I realize that on the cross, you took my place. You paid the penalty for my sin. I ask you to make me a new person by the power of your spirit. I believe you're risen from the dead. I confess you are my Lord. Help me to follow you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that, please let us know. We want to rejoice with you and help you on your journey. But believer, you're listening today, and I want to ask you, are you right in front of Jesus right now? Are you approaching the throne of grace with confidence. Who are you bringing to the throne of grace? Who are you bringing right in front of Jesus? Who's that loved one? Who's, what's that need? What's that situation? that you, Maybe you've been trying to figure it out yourself. Friend, we have this awesome privilege that we can come right in front of Jesus. And in that place, we can receive what we need. It's the best seat in the house, right in front of Jesus. And I believe as I'm speaking today, there are people listening and there are things going on in your life and in your family. And I want to pray for you right now. And I want to call in the name of Jesus. And in this place as we come, first of all, we're going to ask for mercy and we're going to receive his grace and we're going to ask for his help in our time of need. So if you're watching right now and you need God to move in your situation, join with me in prayer. Father, we come into your house right now 
into your presence. And we know that it's an open house. We know the way is open. But Lord, we come and we receive your mercy today. Lord, we confess our sins, things that we have done even this day, this week, that haven't pleased you. Lord, we pray that we would receive your forgiveness today. But Lord, we come in this moment also and we bring to you our requests. We bring to you our loved ones. We bring to you our struggles. We bring to you our difficulties. We bring every challenge, every obstacle. And Lord, we ask for your grace today. That grace which is sufficient. That grace, Lord, that gives us enough for each day. Lord, we pray that you would give grace to those who ask, Lord Jesus. And Father, we recognize our need for your help in our lives, Lord. Forgive us, Lord Jesus, when we have been self-sufficient, when we have been prayerless, when we have tried to do it all by ourselves. Lord, we realize we need your help today. Lord, I even sense that there will be people that are facing major life issues. And Lord, they need a miracle. Just like this man was paralyzed on that mat, that they are facing a situation that they are completely hopeless and helpless. Lord, we bring their need to you right now and we ask for you to bring healing, to bring a solution, to bring a miracle, to be the answer in their situation. And Lord, we will praise you for your mighty works, for your goodness and your greatness. So Father, in your name I pray that you will meet every need in the mighty name of our Lord. Amen. Friend, I want to encourage you. Come on, one more push. Don't let this moment pass you by. Push in. And don't just be near Jesus. Let him change you.